Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the Bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy, you homie. Fuck that. Black dude. This bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. I said, didn't I tell your punk ass boy he couldn't handle goddamn cook? Are you listening when I tell the faggot he couldn't handle? Now I'm telling your short ass he can't handle goddamn milk cook. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, Jay Cat Morris. As always, uh, last show of the year, closing this shit out. Uh, now, you know, I came into this week thinking, man, I really don't have any topics. I have a big fucking, you know, rant to go on as far as the uh, New Year's resolutions and uh, all of that type of thing and New Year's as a whole. So I'll I'll save that for last. And, um, you know, uh, that is what it is, you know, it could be. Yeah, five minutes, could be 20 minutes. I don't know. I guess we'll see how it goes. Um, But so I put out the call like, look, uh, I don't have a lot of topics. I don't have a lot to talk about. So, um, you know, give me some topics. Anybody want to hear me talk about anything, fucking send them to me. I've always been completely up for that type of thing, but I never got a lot of response. This week, it it worked really well. I I put up the post yesterday. I'm going to try to do this more often, too. and I and I got a bunch of responses. So I'm gonna go on every one of these fucking topics tonight. Um, you know, maybe some will go a little longer than others. It is what it is. I'm not gonna go through these things and be like, you know, 
you know, this guy from such and such and that guy and start, you know, calling out everybody's names. It, it, to me, I think that would just sound corny, uh, especially, you know, maybe some people have more than one topic or more than one question rather me and another one from such and it, it just sounds corny. Uh, so, you know, I mean, if you know, you wrote the question and I say it or the topic and I say it, you know who you are. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, I appreciate all the feedback and, you know, uh, contributing stuff. So, um, I'll go at whatever you give me. And, um, so, but yeah, Christmas went really well. The kids, you know, got hooked up. They were, you know, in their glory as always. And, uh, uh, you know, enjoyable Christmas. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about that. Um, you know, it's all about the kids. When it comes down to it, you know, that's that's what it is. And those kids were, you know, just thrilled beyond belief. So, all right, let's let's just get right into these things. Uh, workout routines that work is the first topic. So here here's what I'll say about this. Now, um, two things are very, very important. Number one, consistency as far as activity. Um, you know, to stay consistently active and you know get routines that that work for you and really push your limits you're always you're always going to want to push your own limits and always compete against yourself and nobody else that that's you know first and foremost like you're always going to see someone in the gym or wherever that are doing shit way better i mean there's always going to be that but you don't focus on that you focus on yourself and compete against yourself when it comes down to it, you know, you're going to see your own progress. And before you know it, people are going to start asking you what you're up to because they're on a lower level than what you're doing. And, you know, you won't notice the people who are out doing you or, or any of that stuff because you're focused on your own progress. And next thing you know, like I said, people will be looking at you like, hey, how, you know, how did you, you know, do this or that? And, uh, you know, I've, I've done that with running. I've done that with uh, – you know, with lifting, with, with all the different things I do, right? I compete against myself. If I did this this time, I want to try to do a little better than that next time. Uh, you know, uh, run-wise, you can do it with time. You can do it with distance. Uh, running, I always like to try to um, train for distance and race for time. Because, I, you know, I think if you could run fucking 20 miles practicing, and then you have a five-mile race, you can go into that race and fucking maul it. You know what I mean? So that's just been my theory overall. Um, I still, you know, have tremendous leaps and bounds to get through with running because it's just not my favorite. So once I get going with it, I can push myself far. I can push myself very far, you know, once I get into just about anything. But, um, you know, sometimes just getting there and, and keeping consistent with running is very difficult for me. Um but as far as workout routines, um, there's a lot of different things you could do. You always want to, you know, muscle confusion. You never want to stick to the same routine and, um, you know, get complacent with that. I mean, you could definitely do the same routine for, you know, a good month, month and a half. But, you know, you want to switch it up after that, you know, just so you don't get too accustomed to the same thing. Um, the best thing I could recommend as far as specific routines is bodybuilding.com. Um, on there, you'll see such insane routines that they'll put up and, uh, you know, really intense shit. And it's made by some motherfuckers, you know, you know what they're talking about, whether it be Jim Stepani himself or a bunch of other people. I just, uh, I just saw the other day, someone shared on one of the pages I was looking at, um, the rock 
his his workout routine that he used going into and uh, diet as well, going into the Hercules movie. They called it like the Herculean workout or something. And he's got his whole shit up there. You know what I mean? Like seven-day fucking plan, eating plan. Those eating plans are crazy. Those are always the thing that um, I can't fuck with. I mean, partially schedule, partially financial. I mean, they got seven fucking meals laid out and like a half pound of meat on, on like fucking each meal. And good, good for you, man. If you can get that shit done, you're going to make more progress than most. You know what I mean? Seven fucking legit meals and training hard. That's, I mean, that's the fucking key is to fuel your workouts. But, um, like I said, uh, bodybuilding.com, there's always motherfuckers and it's free. Um, always motherfuckers putting up like top notch fucking training routines up there. Um, so I would just, you know, keep hopping back to that type of thing. There's enough out there that's being offered up that you can really just, uh, kind of search it out. Things have gotten so vast, you know, as far as the internet goes that, um, you, you can really find some top notch shit, but always challenge yourself. That's, that's a big thing. Uh, next topic is forearm popcorn eaters and, uh, my thoughts on no neck Kelly and the cronies in Santa Clara. Okay. So I got to clarify what this even means. Uh, forearm popcorn eaters, uh, is kind of a term that I made up, uh, going to CZW shows and watching people eat fucking popcorn where they use their their wrists and forearm they're jamming so much popcorn into their mouth it, it's going well beyond the hand they're they're taking like a you know like dominique wilkins used to fucking curl and dunk a basketball with those tomahawk jams that's that's what they do with popcorn into their face and um they're, they're pretty disgusting um i i really don't know <laughs> you know what to exactly say about them it kind of speaks for itself it's, it's just like a running joke because they're just, um, you know, there's no shame. There's no shame. There's no, you know, um, pride about their own appearance or how they're appearing to other people. And, you know, this is one of many things that attributed to me um, not, uh, you know, wanting to attend wrestling shows anymore. It's just, uh, it's just disgusting, man. I, I don't know how to operate like that. As far as the, uh, the no neck Kelly and the cronies in Santa Clara. He's talking about our Niners. He's also a Niner fan. And um, look, Chip Kelly is a great college coach from what I've heard. Uh, you know, he had great success over there in Oregon. Um, the way he runs an offense, it's a fast paced offense. So you're either going to score a lot of points really fast, or you're going to be on and off the field really fast. So what that does is that beats up your defense. Uh, even on the offensive line side of things, it really beats up your offensive line pretty quick. We started out the season with a way better looking offensive line than we had in the past couple of years. And um, partially due to his offense, it it really forced the issue on a lot of things. And I really think a lot of our injuries that we faced this year are due to the, the scheme that they were running on the field because it put a lot of pressure on the defense. Navarro Bowman was forced to cover a lot of the field and really try to pick up the slack for so many weak points on our defense. And he ended up blowing out his fucking knee again. And, uh, you know, you had a bunch of different things like go on. And, you know, this guy's trying to spread himself thin. And now he's getting blown up. And then they're blaming that guy. 
but it's not that guy's fault. It's because he's trying to spread himself all over the fucking field. So, um, I think there's bigger problems than just Chip Kelly. Our general manager is a piece of shit, and uh, he, he's a good part of why our team has really fell from fell from grace. You know, we were fucking NFC Championship or better two years in a row. We, you know, we went to the Super Bowl, lost there. Um, you know, there, there was a lot of different things that happened. The whole Harbaugh thing. Uh, you know, trading Har, almost trading Harbaugh a couple weeks into the season to the Browns, and then that falls through. Our fucking team was beat at that point because if you almost trade your coach, and then the rest of the year he's just got to coach the team, knowing like, hey, they tried to ship me off and couldn't work out a deal. That's fucking great. So the chemistry is completely beat. Your whole fucking team starts to fall apart. Dissension all over the place, and it was the beginning of the end for us. Um. You know, we lost so many fucking players. It was insane. Like, you couldn't write that type of horror story on a team. Like, to just dissect a team that way and not even have came away with, like, a, a Super Bowl before that type of thing happened. Sometimes, you know, a team will win a Super Bowl, and that's the last amount of money that they had to spend on all those players. And, you know, they those guys get bigger contracts for being those Super Bowl teams and stuff. But we didn't even get that. Um, we got a lot of guys retiring. Um, and, you know, we got guys that left. We got guys we parted ways with and let go and all sorts. It, it was just fucking havoc. So, obviously, I think the ownership needs to take new shape. Uh, this was an absolute disaster this year. Um, I think, you know, we need to move on on the quarterback side of things. But we really need a revamp. We're like a rebuilding team, and this was the roughest year to be a 49er fan. I mean, it wasn't rough for me to continue to be a 49er fan, but just really rough to watch. You know, there there's a lot of weeks in there where it was like you just sit there and watch, and you knew there was no fucking chance in the world. It was just like going through the motions and then watching us lose by fucking 20, 30 points. It was just really fucking bad. So, um, I don't know. Uh I think Chip Kelly's going to go. I I think uh, that's a good idea, but the GM's got to go. Um, I hear that the ownership is going to not change ownership, but uh, the York family is going to take the power away from Jed. So he's no longer running the team. So it's almost like getting new ownership because they're going to hire somebody to run their franchise better than Jed did. So if that's what happens, they hire somebody else to run the team better than Jed did. They fire uh, Trent Balky and you fire Chip Kelly. You're talking about an entirely new front office. And I, I think that's what we need. We can go into this draft. You know, we're going to have like the fucking second pick in the draft. Um, barring something happening this week where, you know, like uh, I guess the Browns can win this week. They're not going to win. I think they're playing like the Steelers or some shit. Um, and we're playing the Seahawks, so. Um, I don't know. I, we're probably going to end up with like the second pick. I think if by some kind of miracle we, we beat the Seahawks, maybe we wind up tied with like the Jags or something. A worst case scenario, I think we get like the third pick in the draft. Um, you know, that that's a really high pick. That's really something to hopefully stake your future on. Uh, or, you know, if you don't feel that any pick is, is there, you could trade down and get a whole shitload of draft picks. It's uh, there's a lot of space to fill there. Obviously, a sad year for the Niners, but um, you know, 
we got five fucking Super Bowl rings to sit on, and that's that's my uh, as far as the playoffs go. Playoffs. Um, I uh, I root dead set against the fucking Seahawks because I hate the Seahawks. Um, I'll just get all the football talk out of the way now, so then the rest of the show will be non-football. Um, and and I root dead set against anybody approaching on or above five Super Bowl rings, meaning my Niners got five fucking Super Bowl rings. Um, the Steelers are the only team with six. I don't want them coming anywhere near a fucking seventh. They can go fuck themselves. Um, the Dallas Cowboys have five rings. I don't want them going anywhere near a fucking sixth ring. They can go fuck themselves. Uh, so pretty much like that type of thing. I think the Pats have four, and this will put them at five if they win this year, so they can go fuck themselves too. I don't need them winning another one either. Um, you know, that that's pretty much where I'm at there, um, and, and anybody else would be completely fine with me, you know, winning it. And uh, Oh, uh, the other thing I want to say about football uh, – this was the craziest fucking week, man. They had three fucking people break their goddamn leg. You had Tyler Lockett, uh, Marcus Mariota, and fucking um, Derek Carr. Derek Carr? Yeah, Carr. Um, the Raiders completely. Um, I, I don't know what the fucking Raiders are going to do, um, you know, following losing their starting quarterback. That's going to be really, really rough. Um Mariota, that sucks for him. Uh, you know, he he's really broke out and become a a big weapon. And you know, I mean, they weren't going to the playoffs anyway. But that sucks to end your season with a fucking broken leg. And um, Tyler Lockett, you know, I hate the fucking Seahawks, but holy shit, dude! Like that guy caught the fucking ball, had his fucking leg break and fucking wave in the wind like one of those uh, wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube men. And he didn't drop the goddamn ball. I don't think it's legal. I don't think it's okay for anyone to drop the fucking ball ever again. Like, no fumbles, no fucking drop passes, no nothing. <clears throat> if this guy could fucking catch the ball and fucking snap his goddamn leg um, and and not drop the fucking ball, it's fucking crazy. And, you know, you know what sucks is, he was going on, he was on like the one and I, part of his like detached fucking leg, like hit the fucking turf and and they marked him down at the one. Otherwise it would have been a touchdown. Fuck man. Poor guy. So, um, yeah, that, that's that crazy, crazy fucking week. And then, um, my guy fucking, uh, Carlos Hyde, I think tore his ACL or MCL or one of them CLs. And, uh, so he's fucked. He was like 12 yards away from a thousand yard season the first time in his career, so that sucks for him. But um, you know we're we're fucked anyway, so uh, that'll hopefully you know med- uh, motivate him to be even better next year and fucking hit 1500 yards. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, next up is uh, they want me to talk on the state of the business. Uh, the state of the business. Uh, look, I, there's there's so much. Uh, I, I don't even know what angle to go in this. Um, the WWE, I'd like to kind of just speak on the WWE because there's other things that are going to come up in these uh, topics. They're going to lead me down the other path. It'll cover a lot of my thoughts on the other part of the business. But as far as uh, the WWE is the the leader of the business, they are the 
the the flag bearer. You know, they're they're the the big money. So I guess I'll, I'll more or less just speak on them as far as the state of the business goes. You know, the WWE has really transformed into something different. They really allowed in a lot of athletes, and and athleticism is starting to be spotlighted a lot more than it ever has. Um, there are always pockets of athleticism and stuff like that, but a lot of times the um, the big muscle heads were just like the, you know, the focal point. And, um, you know, like the John Cena's and guys like that. Um, but what, is, you know, even John Cena, and a lot of people shit on him, but I, I've become a John Cena fan through the past couple of years just because the guy, I mean, he doesn't need to do a fucking thing. Like they say with the five moves of doom and all that. He could have stuck with that still sold millions and millions of fucking dollars in merchandise and just fucking called it a career when he was done doing that. And he'd have nothing to fucking worry about. Well, he decided to fucking step up to the plate, man. And, you know, we got all these indie guys come in and he fucking, he went toe to toe with them and he, he held up good fucking matches, really good fucking match, great matches. With a lot of guys, the CM Punk's, the Daniel Bryan's, the, you know, uh, having Brock come off the UFC thing and letting Brock suplex him like fucking 30-something times. Say what you want about John Cena, but he stepped up quite a bit. And I think that was really almost the passing of the torch to the athleticism being ushered into the WWE. Because if a guy like Cena could hang with him and, and you know, he could hand that main event status to those type of guys... And now you have your, you know, Dean Ambrose and fucking Seth Rollins and, and uh, you know, Kevin Owens and, uh, you know, AJ Styles. These guys are main eventing WWE pay-per-views. So a lot of those guys would have saw seen a dark match at best years ago. <clears throat> you know, and um, I, I think that speaks volumes for the fucking state of the business and, and what it's turned into. The athleticism is, is at a way higher level. And um, I, I couldn't be happier about it as far as the WWE goes. I mean, having said that, I'm still not fucking watching. Um, you know, checking out pay-per-views here and there. I didn't even watch the last one. Um, New Day lost the titles, which I was upset about. Um, but, uh, you know, I really like the New Day. And, you know, they had a title and broke a fucking record and shit like that. So I'm not, like, fucking devastated over it. But, you know. It was one of those things that I could have just seen gone on forever and I would have been fine with it. Um, so it is what it is. But um, I don't know. That That's just uh, kind of the spotlight as far as the state of the business. And, you know, all eyes are on the fucking indie style wrestling. They're doing it at NXT. Not only did they start off doing it at NXT, you know, they transitioned it into main roster WWE stuff uh, very quickly. And uh, it, it's become the focal point. It really has. You still have those type of matches that that run the WWE style format, but it's it's becoming less and less, and they're bringing in these fucking athletes. You know, uh, so I, I think that uh, that that's all I got to say about that. Um, challenging challenges with going vegetarian is the uh, topic now. I'm not vegetarian, so um, I know the person who wrote this, Shane, is trying to go vegetarian. So um, what I can say about it is this. I am, um, I am 
as much of an animal lover as you're going to find. And although, you know, I could really get in my own head about it and start thinking about, you know, eating the animals and stuff like that. And it bother, it would bother me. You know what I mean? I try to detach myself from that. I surely couldn't like, you know, own a farm and like get to know the animals and then kill them and, you know, and, and then eat them. And I, I couldn't do that. That's, that's not something I can handle. Um, I, as far as the, you know, going vegetarian or vegan or all of that stuff, I respect the fuck out of it. I, more power to you. Um, there's just a certain, you know, I've gotten accustomed to eating certain things that I don't think, uh, and the other thing is, is if I really thought that I would make an impact as far as, uh, like I stop eating meat, less animals die. I, I don't, I know for a fact that that's not going to be the case unless you could start some kind of movement, which, you know, thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people stop eating meat all of a sudden less animals die and you know you you can go down the road and say well it starts with one you know a movement starts with one you know uh, it's not going to happen in my lifetime believe that shit it's not it's just not um i'm all for you know if we want to steer towards a little bit healthier things um you know like the the cage free or uh you know grass-fed beef is way too fucking high priced right now it's crazy you get like a like a hamburger's worth for like fucking eight dollars or something. That shit is not uh, logical. Um, hopefully, you know, in time that that takes off a little more and and there is more focus on proper animal treatment. You know, the, prior to their you know demise for food. Um, I I eat only uh, cage free eggs, and I know so a lot of them are you know sometimes warehouse within big things but it is better than fucking cages uh way better you know because some of those chickens they would live in the smallest possible cage and never ever leave there and they would just collect the eggs from there and feed them in there and they would just sit in their own shit and um you know it, it is uh you know uh, better so again um that's there's not more, too much more I could, uh, I mean, I guess you figure it out as far as, you know, caloric and protein and, and that type of stuff. When you're really getting into it, you figure out what you need to do and you figure out what you're going to have to do to, to fill your, your different needs nutritionally. Um, so I guess that's somewhat of a challenge, but I think breaking of habit is, is more of the, the biggest challenge of it overall is, and, more or less just parting ways with things that you obviously enjoyed at one point or another. So um, I respect the fuck out of it. I think the biggest challenge is just in your own head, you know, Um, more power to you. Uh, It's not something that I'm really looking to attempt at any point soon or possibly ever just because of, you know, the reasons I I listed. It's just not, doesn't seem logical to me as far as, uh, you know, me doing that to make a difference, but in all actuality, it's not going to make a difference unless, like I said, I got so hung up on the fact that I'm eating an animal that um, it steered me in another direction. But I, I try to separate myself from that. Um, another question topic: uh, More wrestling fans are becoming wrestlers than ones fit for the position. And you know, this is this is uh, again going to tie into something I have later um, that I saw. But, um, 
it's, you know, a lot of the people are just in crazy fucking shape. And just fucking nutty fucking shape. Or, or look like teenage boys. And it's become really, really acceptable. Um, I, I got to touch more on that later because, again, you know, some of these things cross paths. Um, you also want to know 10 most brutal matches. I, I This takes too much research and thought and everything. I really can't do this. Um, I mean, I just, you know, I think of like uh, Necro Joe, you know, one of my favorite matches. And, and just absolutely fucking unbelievably brutal. You know, that type of thing I think of. Um, you know, Zandy Globo as far as the amount of bumps they took in that fucking match. And, um uh, you know, Cage of Death 4. I mean, but there's there's so many different things. I mean, even going down the road of, like, the um, Misawa Kawada, Misawa Kobashi. And, you know, I'm not a huge, like, historian, and I don't know, like, the library and whole breakdown of all the different Japanese matchups. I'm sure there's a million fucking more that I don't even know about. And um, I just, I don't know if it's, like, an attention span thing or something. I've never had it within me to just, like, catch up on everything I've missed. It kind of is what it is, um, but um, I always really like the the Kawada Masawa matches. Um, the Kobashi matches are amazing too, but it's kind of like you know pick one or the other. I always like the Kawada ones. The amount of kicks that Kawada had added in the matches, I think, gave like a good like um, I guess difference in move sets, which you know Kobashi had a different move set too, but. Um, I think, you know, between Masawa's moveset with strikes in the forearms and, you know, in the elbows, and then you had Kawada, you know, how it was so kick-based. So, you know, the the battles between them and, you know, the fucking head drops and the holy shit, man, like, ah, man, that's that's what I think about when I hear brutality and stuff like that is I, I think of, like, those fucking matches because that, I mean, every fucking forearm landed like fucking thunder, man. Like you, you just saw that shit, and you could you could convince someone that never watched wrestling like this shit is a hundred percent real, and they would just be like, these fucking guys are insane. That's what's lacking in a lot of different wrestling these days. Um, and you know, it, it's there's different styles, there's different ways to go about it. You get some strong style stuff that falls into those categories without a doubt. Um, I am a fan of the, anything athletic, I'm a big fan of. So the, whatever you want to call it, acrobatic style, high flying style, I really, really love. And, um, but as far as brutality, I mean, that that's, that's where I think you got to go. Um, all right. Um, What's this? Let me see. Um, someone said shady fucking merch dealers. Uh, but that's kind of like beating a dead horse. Well, yeah, he's he's talking about one fucking guy in particular. Um, but there, I'm sure there's a lot of them out there. Uh, the thing is, you know, these people get themselves, especially. I'll, I'll speak more towards the direction of this one little fucking dirty asshole. Uh. He prints fucking t-shirts. He gets in good with the guys because he does shit for dirt cheap or whatever the case is for the guys. And, you know, he figures out whether he wants to fuck the fans who are trying to order shit from him or not. You know, and he could do that. Um, 
He walks around sucking the cock of all the wrestlers, and, oh, God, that was the best thing ever. Oh, thank you so much for taking that bump and all this other dick-sucking shit. And then, you know, you know, because he's blowing them half the time, and then he's printing out shirts, now all of a sudden he's like he thinks he's one of the crew and stuff like that. And, you know, he goes around fucking people and saying shit about people and stuff like that. And there's some shit that, that has been said by him. That that's gonna get him into some trouble physically, um, and, and it's not just something I'm saying, you know, uh, on my own behalf, because there are some different things that have gone on with that dude. That um, you know, he ran his mouth a little bit too much. So those people, I'm sure, will will take that up with him, um, you know, when the time is right. And I know this is sounding like really fucking vague and cryptic and this and that but I really don't want to put the guy over my name and shit like this and I know also like when I do see this dude it's not going to be cool so um I'm not going to go and you know like like one of those villains that stands here and fucking lays out their plans in front of the fucking hero so uh, it's not going to happen um but yeah I mean look anybody who's selling some shit should be fucking good enough about their own business to come through on their fucking agreement People are willing to fucking send you money for something. You should be able to come through with the product. And if you're not equipped to do that, if your schedule isn't lined up to do that, where the next thing out of your fucking mouth is, oh, I've been really fucking busy. Oh, well, I got, I got this going on and I got that going on. I'm really behind on this and that. Then you're not set up for business and you shouldn't be doing business. That's, I mean, that's bottom line with every fucking thing across the board you got to be straight up fucking forward with people and say hey you know before you hand me that fucking money or before you paypal me that fucking money i am like fucking two months behind on fucking orders fucking take people's orders and then start shooting them messages when they ask you where their shit is like i got other people waiting for stuff too i don't give a fuck about other people no one gives a fuck about other people and for the record nobody owes me anything i i i'm not speaking on but but i've dealt with the shit in the past and i've seen the messages from this fucking dude to other people who were looking to get their shit and that's what oh dude i've been working like crazy oh i'm really behind i got other people waiting for shirts too and you know get the fuck out of here don't do business then you you don't belong in the fucking in any kind of merch business you shouldn't be selling a fucking thing if you can't come through on your end of the deal you know, what if you fucking started sending people their merch and then asking them for money and they beat you around the fucking bush for fucking weeks and months and shit like that? That wouldn't be acceptable at all. But, you know, once the money's in your fucking hand, you can play the game the way you want to play it. It's bullshit. You know, that that's bad fucking business. Um, but, you know, words just travels and next thing you know, you don't have fucking business. So, um, Another question topic, irrational fear of snakes. Um, I fucking hate snakes. Um, I don't trust anything without fucking arms, legs, wings, fins, fucking something to propel them across this fucking earth. That I, you know, they're not trustable. Even back, look, even back fucking Bible, right? Now I'm not super religious or anything like that. Jesus loves all animals. God loves all animals. The one fucking animal they decided to look at and go, that's an evil motherfucker, snake. Yeah, I mean, fucking. I shouldn't have to say another fucking word. Show over. But I don't trust the motherfuckers. I don't like the motherfuckers. They're creepy. And um, here, my other thing is in anybody, 
and I'm sure the person who asked me this question isn't going to like it, but um, I really think anybody who can own an animal that they feed another live animal is fucking heartless and not compassionate. Um, I, I don't think you have compassion or a lot of humanity behind you if you're able to actually feed a live animal to another live animal. I, that's not, you know, and, you know, people, oh, well, it's nature. It's not nature when you own it. No, you you can't own nature. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you, like you, you can't just fucking own nature. That's that's not the way it works. I, I understand that that's what they eat in the wild, but your house isn't the fucking wild. You know what I mean? Like, a bear would eat you in the fucking wild. That doesn't mean you invite bears over and fucking run around your house from them. You know? Uh, it's just... I, I, I think it's fucking sick. And um, I, I just can't imagine, you know, that type of shit going on in front of me. Like, I, I, it's a fucking nightmare to me. And for someone to think that is, like, commonplace and just, like, oh, like a sleeping fucking mouse. How cute is that, man? Like, mice, you can own mice. They fucking run on the little wheel, you know, do a little exercise, give them little treats. They come up, you know, they get all fucking excited. You know what I mean? So to just take that shit and feed it to another fucking animal on a regular basis, that's disgusting to me. I can't I can't get down with it. I fucking hate snakes. Can't stand them. So uh, that that's why... I do like to photograph snakes as long as they're not fucking eating. Um, and they're somewhere where I can get the fuck away from them. Or they're kept away from me, you know, like a tank container uh, enclosure. Um, so, I mean, they do have a pretty cool look going there. But uh, I don't trust them. I don't like them. I don't like their whole gimmick. Fuck a snake. Um, and, you know, look, how do you describe a motherfucker that, that you can't trust? snake i mean you know what i'm saying it's just fuck snakes man all right um let me see oh man (laughs) this dude wants an unfiltered five minutes on deej all right there we go now it's 9 38 so we're gonna go to 9 42, 43. Yeah. All right. DJ Hyde. Um, DJ, here's the thing about DJ. Um, I think, I think deep down he's a good dude. I think he's a, he's a dude who had a lot of childhood dreams. Uh, you know, he loves Disney world. Uh, he loved professional wrestling. You could buy your way into Disney world and he found a way to buy his way into professional wrestling. Um, I think, you know, he's a dude that tried, he fucking tried to make his way into professional wrestling and no one took him seriously. He was a big dude, but it didn't fucking matter. He has no charisma. He can't cut a promo on the fucking mic. He has no coordination. He looks absolutely awkward at just about everything he does. Um, His shit is not believable. He does this weird thing with his eyeballs where he stares off into the rafters every couple seconds. Like, I don't know what the fuck he's looking for. I don't know if he's waiting for, like, a sting run-in. Fucking Owen Hart. I I don't know what he's looking for. But he does that crazy shit. Like, he's trying to look over his own shoulder without turning his head. It's just, it's fucking weird and awkward. And DJ Hyde never had a place in the fucking, in, in the ring. You know, any asshole can fucking sign up for a wrestling school, and, and as long as they keep coming back and don't quit, 
someone's going to give them a fucking – they keep paying, and they, they don't quit, and they keep coming back. Someone's going to give them a fucking ring to wrestle in. And, and that's, as far as I'm concerned, what DJ was. But DJ found um, a way that he can gain importance. And his way of gaining importance was buying a company who had importance. Buying a company that had a huge fucking vicious following. Now, the thing is, is CZW was created off of creativity, innovation, and just an overall, you know, a badass vibe that really stood out from the crowd because it was it was led by a guy like John Zandig, who not only was he um, creative and innovative and, you know, had, had a mind for that type of thing, he was something that DJ can't, doesn't know how to be, and that's genuine. Like, just straight-up genuine. You know, when he came out there and he told you some shit on the fucking mic, you'd be like, this fucking guy is not bullshitting me. It, this guy has no reason to bullshit. He doesn't give a fuck, so he's not going to bullshit me. DJ Hyde tries to be so much of a businessman that he he doesn't know how to just be genuine. I think for a long time now, I've thought this for a long time. If DJ Hyde was able to just be a humble fucking owner, stop trying to play a role, stop trying to put himself over, stop all of that shit, the fans would fucking love him by now. Just be the fucking guy that owns these. Stop fucking sell your goddamn pipes to someone that needs a a cover for their fucking boat and then fucking – just come out there and be the guy that tells them Junkasai showing up next month. I fucking booked the Young Bucks. You guys want the fucking Young Bucks? They're coming in. I fucking do things for you guys. Fucking right. I'll give you the rematch to that shit you liked last month. You, you know, fuck yeah. Do that type of shit. Come out there and fucking put that over. Put the company over. And in turn, you'll be over. You'll be the guy they want to see because you're the guy giving them giving them what they want to fucking see when you do that but then you turn around and you try to oh fucking yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna be a heel and that's why people are over you're fucking lying to yourself dj hyde has said time and time again so much for the five minutes uh said said time and time again he carried the matt tremont feud that he had what a fucking lie what a delusional ridiculous fucking lie matt tremont feud died in that fucking ring for almost a fucking year. Took the craziest fucking bumps we've seen in a long fucking time all over the fucking place. Matt, through those bumps, carried that fucking feud. If you didn't have another guy on the other side of that ring dying, taking those fucking bumps, doing that crazy shit all over the place, that feud would have been garbage. No one would have gave a fuck about that feud. But you had someone sacrificing themselves on the other side of the ring. It surely wasn't anything that you were doing. And to just say that they hated me so much they wanted Matt to win, shut the fuck up. They would want anyone to fucking win than you. It's not fucking, that's not like a, oh, you know, fucking face heel type of thing. They wanted Matt to win because Matt was fucking over. Matt was over the second he came in and fucking uh, put Pinky Sanchez through a fucking whatever it was, paint a glass table, barbed wire, I don't even remember, but 
that was when he fucking came in and you know through the crowd or whatever and people were already chanting bulldozer you're out of your fucking mind if you think you really made that dude or that feud was because of you you're fucking delusional and that's the thing like DJ gets to play wrestler because he's the booker. No one would ever book him in any important matches or important angles. And it's not just me saying that or shitting on him because I want to. Is it? Look, man, look at Ring of Honor. How long have they been in fucking DJ? I'll tell you, I had a big part in that invasion angle. Bullshit. No one saw that. No one watched that angle and said, Boy, DJ was a big part of that. That's DJ's fucking revisionist history. It's ridiculous. Fucking pro wrestling gorilla. Big fucking company. Not a big fucking DJ Hyde influence. Oh, Gabe used a ton of fucking CZW guys. DJ says he walks around that locker room like fucking, you know, walks around everything else. Gabe walks around his locker room, hands out business cards. Where the fuck is, do you see him booked on main events of fucking Gabe cards? No, you don't. Do you see him booked on fucking beyond main events and shit on a regular basis? Do you see him in fucking, you know, big fucking feud matches? No, you don't see that fucking anywhere. You see him booked in companies who is in exchange for fucking talent. Just like Ian said when he came on, he booked DJ to allow his guys fucking chances in CZW. That that's what he fucking did, and that's exactly what it did because it got the fucking rejects in there almost immediately. DJ works with this whatever the fuck Hollywood company that no one in the world gives a fuck about, and those guys are booked in CZW. That that's how it works. It's not it's not a matter of DJ being so fucking good on any front, anything across the board. DJ is not a creative person. DJ is not an innovative person and he's trying to scrape by and he's trying to make CZW work off of other people's ideas and off of other people's creativity and it becomes too many types in the kitchen and CZW is a cluster because of it. It's not led by a creative mind. He doesn't say, I have a great idea. I don't think I'm ever coming out of this room. I highly doubt it's a great idea. You know, I, I just, that's the thing with DJ. And I don't think deep down that he's a bad person, but he comes off like a doofus because he does a bunch of shit. He lives beyond his means. He's, he's bought himself in a position, into a position where he can call the shots. He can book the matches. He could put himself in whatever kind of light he wants. But if you take all of that away, no one was looking for him. No one was looking for his opinion. No one was looking for his, his work. No one was hailing any idea he had. He bought himself into a position where people have no choice but to look at what the fuck he's up to. So, I mean, that's DJ. And, you know, um, I, I, just like I said, I, I don't think that deep down he's a bad guy. I just think... Um, you know, his decisions to do this type of thing because that was a dream that he wanted to fulfill. And, you know, it's just, he's not cut out for it. He's really not. He can make it work as long as his fucking money lasts. You know? I mean, you have the owner of CZW going to fucking Disney World and posting pictures with fucking people in costumes like with a look on his face like he's like one of my children. It, it, shit is crazy. Shit is fucking crazy. 
and then like, you know, posting pictures with the fucking uh, the the Walt Walt Disney statue and saying, uh, "This <laughs> this has always been one of my idols." What the fuck about CZW runs anywhere near smoothly, where you would say like, "We have like a Walt Disney type brand." I mean, you guys. You guys do so much fucking wrong on a business end of things. Production-wise, it's not there. Fucking, uh, it's fucking, it's just crazy across the board. Absolutely fucking crazy. You know, you run these, like, showcase matches and you put yourself in them on other people's cards as if that's going to draw people to your company. And you're not even really an active wrestler at the moment in your company. So, if you had a showcase match and it was you and Tremont on another company and people saw that and was like, I really want to see more DJ Hyde. Imagine that. They would show up to your company and go, where's the asshole? I saw wrestling Matt Tremont. Oh, he's not wrestling right now. Oh, okay. I guess I'll get to know these other guys. And instead of doing your best to bring in like a fucking Ricky Shane Page or, or, and a Danny Havoc and letting them fucking tear it up on Jersey All-Pro. And then being like, whoa, fuck, CZW's doing this type of shit? Yeah, now, fucking fast forward, go to Cage of Death and see those guys square off in what we do. Yeah, I mean, there's just not like an active, um, strong business mind to try to do the right thing for the company. You know, and Walt Disney's are fucking... You're taking one of the biggest fucking shows of the year... And bringing it to Florida where it's going to draw no matter what the fuck you run. No matter what kind of show you run, it's going to draw. You're taking best of the best away from your home crowd and delivering it to Florida just for the sake of doing it. Just just because, well, that'll draw. Draw. Anything's going to fucking draw. It's a weekend where people are just going to fucking show up to the whatever shows are going on at that time at that venue. It's this, there's just not like a, a a strongly functioning business mind behind him. So as far as I'm concerned, it's just not – there's not a lot of logical things going on to say that, you know, Disney – Walt Disney is his fucking hero. And Stop it. It's fucking ridiculous. Um, next topic. That was way more than five minutes, but <laughs> – um, State of Deathmatch scene in general – uh, maybe a review of 2016 and what we have to look forward to. As far as the deathmatch scene uh, right now, and yeah, I'll say it straight up. Like I, I, I really, um, I, I wish nothing good on Danny DeMano. Um, he's a complete piece of shit. Um, I, I, I can't stand him. I can't stand Brett. Um, you know, I hope the brakes fail on their vehicles any given day. You know, um, I'm not a mechanic, so it's not going to be my fault. Um, but GCW is putting on some of the best death death match matchups, especially on the East Coast right now, because um, they're doing it in a venue indoors. They're doing a lot of groundbreaking shit as far as death match wrestling goes. Um you know, putting on, you know, Viking Marcus Crane in an indoor venue in fucking Jersey is really unheard of. Um, so as long as it lasts, because I really still truly believe that the money is going to run out there, 
because they're they're getting like fucking under two hundred people like every time they run in the building. I just it's it's not good. But I mean, they're putting on some really unique deathmatch wrestling. Um, you know, CZW is doing some good deathmatch stuff still. Um, they they like to be pretty redundant. Uh, CZW doesn't know how to get off a matchup. You know, uh, Ricky Shane Page and Danny Havoc put on some of the greatest fucking matches against each other. But that seem seemingly is all CZW knows how to do with either one of those guys. Um, there's uh, some new guys coming up, but I honestly don't see like a like a huge wave of of, of new deathmatch guys that are gonna. There's only so many deathmatch guys that are really gonna hold up, and they're gonna do you know great wrestling in there because you'll always find just crazy fucks that'll land on shit and this and that but to combine it with good wrestling and some kind of story like that that cage of death match was fucking terrible was there crazy shit in the match sure and and if that's all that you need to be satisfied by a death match then then for you the death match scene is fucking alive well thriving fucking awesome um, in reality, there are some people who can do it right, and I think that's way more few and far between. Um, and it really depends on those guys being brought into a company. Um, let me see, because I think there was something similar to this. Um, someone said, oh, um, the guys that have been dubbed the future of death matches like uh G Raver, Jeff Cannonball, Colt forty five and Schlack. I haven't really seen Colt forty five at all. Um maybe I've seen him in a match or two uh, that I don't even remember. Um I think he did some big things last year or something, but I um I don't know. I, I can't really say anything about him. Um Jeff Cannonball I, I talked about it on last show and said that he's a guy that I really want to get behind um, because he just, he's a really nice guy and he is working really hard to lose weight and, uh, you know, get in better shape and everything else. So he's a guy I really want to get behind. I haven't seen anything in ring that, um, you know, does, does what I'm looking for. Um, like there's crazy shit, like getting a Kenzin pounded into the top of your head is crazy, but like, I don't really give a fuck. Like that's, that's cool and all, but like if people are just going to stand there and just smash each other in the head with things, I'm not really into that. Um, I'm a little bit more picky about the deathmatch wrestling. I like, I like deathmatch wrestling, but I don't like that style of deathmatch wrestling quite as much. And, um, you know, it's crazy fucking shit. And, not something I'm looking to do, but I, I like a little bit more structured, creative deathmatch wrestling. Um, there's even stuff that, you know, they were doing in some of those hate club backseat matches, that you, if you remember. The, just like the chair spots that they would do. they set up this chair pyramid and do this and that and then play in this spot and then you get a crazy fucking thing over there. Some of that stuff was still more creative than some of the, the basic yeah, okay, here we go, fucking Irish whip, fucking take your fucking flipping back bump deal into the thing. And, you know, some of it is getting just really, really boring and redundant to me. There's only so many times you could just take 
the Irish whip them into the, the, the no rope barbed wire. And then you sell the, oh, my God, I haven't seen that before. And again, it's not something I'm looking to do, but um, I don't know. It, a lot of it just gets redundant to me. And um, so that's the end. Um, What's the other one? G Raver. He seems really good. Um, I saw one match with him against Masada that they played on the CZW like intermission time. Um, one of their last pay-per-views, I think it was Night of Infamy. And, uh, you know, he seems really good. I haven't seen a whole lot of him. Uh, he just wrestled to uh, Danny Havoc, I think, at um, GCW. So, I don't know. Um, and I, let me just throw Jimmy Lloyd in there um, because a lot of people are calling this fucking guy the future of deathmatch wrestling. Um, I, I don't think he's a great wrestler. Um, I think he's in horrible fucking shape. And... Um, I know he's in horrible shit. Um, he is... He is a good enough wrestler to be a great deathmatch wrestler, honestly. Because not all the deathmatch wrestlers are Dean Malenko, but as long as they can kind of throw something together. And if he, you know, he works with some of the veterans and stuff like that, I'm sure some guys are going to be willing to work with them. The Danny Havocs, the Masadas, those guys. They'd be willing to work with him and help him, you know, learn how to put together a match. Um, he could be a very good deathmatch wrestler. Um, he, he's a young fucking kid, and he's going to take so much fucking reckless shit so early and often. Like, you watch. Like, he's already talking about he wants to be in Tournament of Death. Um, they already had him lined up to fucking die pretty much in fucking GCW. And then his, uh, his opponent, Reed Bentley, pulled out. I think he was supposed to be higher on the card, and then when Bentley pulled out, uh, they put him on early with another, you know, uh, young guy, Brandon Kirk or some shit. And um, and they, I mean, they were bringing in spool upon spool upon spool upon spool of barbed wire, like just really trying to fucking stack the fucking deck. And I think because he's so young, um, he's gonna do a lot of irresponsible shit and probably get hurt pretty bad. Um, I don't think he's safe enough at all. And, um, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I guess I wish him the best. I'm not very entertained by the guy. Um, I'd imagine he's going to do some silly shit in death matches that I'm going to be entertained by, but, um, I, I just don't think, uh, I don't know. I feel like he's rushing it and, uh, possibly going about it the wrong way. Um, you know, I guess we'll see. I mean, I'm, you know, I don't run a wrestling company or a wrestling school or any type of thing like that. I just know what looks like absolute shit when I watch it. And uh, a lot of stuff he, he does ring-wise just looks absolutely terrible. You can kind of get what movie's going for most of the time, but it's it's not crisp. And, uh, you know, like I said, he's, he's just such a fat fuck. It's ridiculous. I don't understand that. And um, let me see. Uh yeah, and, uh, you know, to follow up, he said, uh, what uh, Deathmatch Wrestling scene in general, uh, maybe a review of 2016 and what we have to look forward to. Like I said, I kind of recapped it as far as that. Um, you're going to get your your Tournament of Death is a staple in Deathmatch Wrestling always. You're going to get that. Um, you're going to get your um, now GCW doing what they're doing. You're going to get a lot of that different type of shit, too. And it does give a very different look. I wish the company was ran by somebody else because I just can't support anything that those guys are doing. But, um, you know, I, I've always been very honest about it. I've always been very, very honest about that. When I 
went on all my different tirades and stuff and talking about what a piece of shit Danny DeMano is and all that. It, it also included saying all the different things that were really good about the show. Um, but again, it comes down to people being genuine and, um, oh, and j- just a side note, I'm still here, Danny. I'm, I haven't gone away yet. So, um, has that fucking leg feeling? Um, I, uh, you know, I give credit where credit is due. And, and like I said, there are some very, very good, um, deathmatch wrestling being booked there. There's a lot of good deathmatch wrestling being booked there. So it is. And, um, you know, so you could look forward to that. Uh, King of the Death. Um, they're they're doing. I'm pretty sure they're doing another King of the Death. He had said something about booking a building and actually having like an indoor venue for that next year. Um, so that'll be big. Um, and you know, it seems like more and more of the death matches are popping up. Um, as far as content, I think you're going to get quali- uh, a lot of quantity. As far as quality, I think that that really depends on the place you go. I, they ran like some kind of shitbag uh, deathmatch tournament in like West Virginia or some some fucking where that I heard nothing but bad things about. Um, Carnage Cup, I I have seen nothing but bad things about them the past couple of years. Uh, the the one they run in California, the Sovereign of Slaughter or whatever the fuck. I watched the one of those last year. That was fucking horrendous. So, I mean, it really depends on what you're looking for as far as deathmatch wrestling. And if that type of thing is good enough for you, then you're going to be swimming in this shit because it's happening everywhere. But you're going to be able to find the fucking top-notch deathmatch wrestlers doing what they do in enough places, I think. So, at the moment, I think it's actually a pretty strong uh, field as far as that goes. But, um, I mean, we'll see. I mean, as time pans out, um, all it's going to take is one of these because there's so many fish in the water now with the deathmatch wrestling. All it's going to take is one really fucking bad thing to happen in one of these places, and it's going to come down on everybody. You know, we had talked about it with uh, with Ian and the, uh, you know, the way the Carnage Cup runs, and it really endangers everybody else doing it the right way or not. Um one irresponsible, you know, incident can really fuck up a lot of things. So, but stay tuned to, you know, you like deathmatch wrestling. It's definitely out and about. Um, let me see. Um, let me see. You know what? Let me take a break. Come back. Uh, a bunch of topics. I got, I got some more too. So, uh, where the fuck do I? Yeah. I said, didn't I tell your punk ass boy he couldn't handle no goddamn cook? <laughs> oh, you listen when I tell the faggot. Yeah. 
laid off like the assassin. Now I'm blasting, I'm taking over. Thank you for your blue range over. I told you, rampage your real life soldier. Been in the game since the age of 13. A microphone fiend, so I'm gonna see my PO. It's August the 1st, so I guess I'm a Leo. My PO look like Vanessa Del Rio. You put my rap feet just like Neo Geo.
uh, you're, you're literally toxic to the world. And a lot of people don't want to hear that, but you're literally toxic to the world because you're toxic to yourself. And I don't see a fat person generally uh, really obese that loves themselves. Um, so I was also asked what I thought about the uh, Nick Mondo article. Uh, and it's weird because I was asked in a term that made me feel that the person who read it and asked me about it didn't understand it because it, it kind of it laid out that he was thinking about a return. Um, but he also laid out why it's not going to happen. Um, so my thoughts on it, I, I am, you know, pretty surprised that he came actually that close to a return where he was really, you know, the wheels had turned to the point where he had planned that like this October to come back and do like a shitload of matches, not just, uh, you know, uh, one match. He, he, he laid out that he didn't think it'd be worth just coming back for one match. Cause what would that match have to be? Um, you know, to live up to the hype of what he, he was doing and, you know, he fucking finished coming off the roof. How is he going to come back and have one match? That's going to please anybody. And that's the thing, you know, about Mondo, he, um, he might have done some super dumb shit in the ring, just crazy off the wall shit, but he's a very, very smart dude. Well, well thought out dude. And um if you read his article that he wrote up, it was a you know, really good read and he really explained, you know, his thought process about the whole thing. And uh, you know, that his body feels great. He took a bunch of bumps but he didn't do any permanent damage and his body's in better shape now than it is when he left. And um that you know, he'd be willing to do this, but, you know, not really looking to do the full deathmatch style again, but he, all sorts of crazy hardcore, which to me, some of the craziest stuff Mondo ever did was just the straight hardcore because, like, the floor bumps he would take. He would just take, like, a back toss, you know, a back body drop, like, out of the fucking ring to, like, a ladder sitting on the floor, <laughs> like... Holy fuck, man. Like, some of those things that he should have just, like, shattered every bone in his fucking body. Uh, he he seemed to pop right back up. You know, he seemed to really, uh, you know, take those bumps and fucking live to tell the tale. And, and you know, years later, see, I had, he had no permanent damage from it. So good on him. Um, but, you know, he really had lofty expectations as far as what he would want his return to be. He'd want it to be so big. He'd want to accomplish more. He even seemed like he was keeping that, that window open. Like he was, he was aware that this time around the WWE wouldn't be out of the question. Although he never was looking for that and he wouldn't necessarily be looking for that. He's aware that, you know, the proper amount of fame and, and push and, and exposure on the indies can open a fucking door for the WWE or NXT or something like that. And I, I don't think that's beyond a possibility, especially, you know, when they're headlining the, the you know, TLC matches and stuff with uh, Keith Ambrose, you know, on pay-per-views, it's, it's not that far fetched, you know, that you could see like a Nick Mondo find like an Avenue where he, he takes some crazy bumps here and there and he wrestles this guy or that guy. Um, you know, I mean, you never fucking know. But he, he really started, you know, lay out the different things. And his biggest hang-up seemingly was he is starting to get some really big opportunities in the filmmaking business. 
and he did not want to commit into wrestling while being constantly his main commitment is filmmaking. So if he got, you know, the type of opportunities that he's working really hard for in filmmaking, if he got those opportunities and then had to break a bunch of wrestling fans' hearts and break those commitments in the middle of doing that, it would be too much to do all at once. Or, you know, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, bad avenues that could go down. Now, you know, what if he gets, you know, really badly injured or, I don't think he even said that, but, um, you know, what if he does get really injured and, you know, all of a sudden they want him to, you know, hire him on to, to make this film or do this or that. And all of a sudden he's got to travel all over the place and now he's all banged up from the, you know, doing what he was doing. So, um, you know, I, I respect his decision. Um, I, like I said, I, it is surprising that he did come that close this year, but I guess, you know, as he had to go back through all of his footage to make his film that he's making about himself or that he had, he had made, um, you know, it, it definitely uh, sparks up some uh, interest. Um, so that's that's uh, kind of my thoughts on that. You know, I respect it, and, you know, kind of crazy that, you know, he was, he was that close to thinking about it. Um, other thing I wanted to bring up, and no one asked me this, but I thought it was pretty interesting, is uh, the CM Punk thing. Uh, you know, it's a constant topic. It's a constant issue to be discussed. And I guess on Monday, I didn't watch it, but I saw the clip posted online that uh, Stephanie, uh, they were in Chicago, I guess, and they're chanting CM Punk. And she more or less said, yeah, you know, if you guys go ahead and chant that for another, you know, two minutes and 15 seconds, you'll last two seconds more than Punk did or whatever. So, I just thought it was pretty crazy because I know I think he's been mentioned a few other times, but as time has gone on, I think more and more they try to just no-sell those chants. They try to just play it off like it's not happening and just continue like – because I think when you address it, you really play into it and, you know, kind of like the toilet paper thing in CZW. You can't have a heel be like, you motherfuckers sure can't hit me with toilet paper. And they get mad when they fucking nail you in the middle of the forehead. You know what I mean? Um, so, again, like, you're kind of encouraging that punk thing because, you know, you're taunting the people who are dying to see him. So, um, I, again, I mean, they could just take shots and do whatever they want. Like, they're not committed to have to do anything because they could fuck with the feds directly. If any company in the world can just say, hey, we're not doing what you want. Fuck you. <laughs> and then still sell millions of dollars in merch and, and still bring in like tons and tons of money. It's the WWE. They can do whatever the fuck they want. But it just struck me as something like, I wonder if a shot like that at him makes it more likely that they are in some kind of talks or in some kind of works to try to bring him back. Um, I think the loss at, at uh, UFC, I mean, he just got fucking owned. I uh, I don't know. I I, I tend to think that, that that's got to spin his fucking, you know, his gears to go like, hmm, what what do I do now? You know, is, is wrestling a possibility in the career? Uh, from what I've heard, Dana White's not even sure he's going to be back in the fucking UFC. I don't know if Dana White would even be interested at this point with the uh, – with a draw of a guy who just got his ass handed to him. Um, unless he can get Don King on his side and have him feed him easy fights, five easy fights, Mike, you know, uh, 
unless he could do that type of thing. I don't know. Um, I don't know about his success in UFC. I know he's the type of guy that's not just going to go out on a loss, but it is what it is. Unless he's going to fight non-contenders, I, I mean, he's fighting people who are down for the shit, and you saw what the first guy did to him. So, I don't know. Um, I, I honestly also think no matter how hard he works the fucking internet, and, uh, you know, trolls the fucking fans and tells people all the shit he hates in wrestling and he doesn't want to deal with wrestling. And really, he really just fucks. He plays the best fucking heel. And he's not even in the fucking business. And, uh, I, but I think regardless of all those different things, he has to be intrigued by the, all this indie talent that's in there and the possible matches, the CM Punk Nakamura match that he could have. Then CM Punk and Joe, he's a good friend of his, Joe and and him, and you know, and all the different crazy fucking indie style matches he could be having now because the landscape has changed so much since he's been gone. And um, I, I think it would be fucking amazing to to have him back in there. I'm a CM Punk fan. I don't give a fuck what he does. Who beats him up in UFC? Um, I'm a big CM Punk fan, so it, it always is something I want to see happen. And again, I'm not even really watching it on a weekly basis, so I'm not really uh, on the edge of my seat or anything like that. But I, I can honestly say that CM Punk coming back to the WWE is something that would have me tune in on Raw just to see what he's up to, what he's going to say, what he's going to do. Um, you know, he's got that big of a draw to me. Uh, so. Uh, that that's just my thoughts on that thing. Um, what else? Um, someone asked me, um, what would it take for you to totally detach from wrestling? Follow up question: Have you ever stopped watching wrestling for a long stretch of time? Um, yes, I, I stopped watching for a couple of years when pretty much when I turned eighteen. So uh, I came back around like the attitude era I think um and that's when I started watching again I had the nitro taping downstairs on the VCR and I was uh, when I was living up north and I was watching raw upstairs or something happened sometimes because uh, nitro did the three hours so I'd watch the first hour of nitro then sometimes switch over to raw and uh tape the other one downstairs or depending you know if WCW had some hotter shit going on then I'd fucking tape Raw downstairs and keep watching Nitro upstairs and stuff like that. And, you know, I um, that's, that kind of brought me back in that era and, you know, watching the ECW at fucking 2 in the morning on the TV and that type of thing. But um, as far as uh, what would what would it take for me to completely detach from wrestling, I got to tell you, I'm fucking – I'm just about as close as I've ever been. Um. So much of it absolutely disgusts me these days. Um, the, the the overall just faggotry, like not only like blatant straight out dick spots where everyone's grabbing each other's balls and fucking you know trying to flip each other over with their cocks and fucking and, and just play gay. Like there's so many people in wrestling that are just like playing pretend gay. Like that that's like the most fun thing to do is like like. It's fucking, it's weird. I, it makes me fucking uncomfortable. I'm not down with it. Like, I, like I've said before, if you're gay, cool, man. Like, I, I'm not, 
I'm not against gay marriage. I'm not against, you know, anything like I, I don't discriminate against gay people. I think, you know, they should have equal rights and all of that type of stuff, but you're not going to find me at like a gay party or a gay club or a fucking gay pride parade. It's just not my scene. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's not my gig. I'm not into that type of shit. You know what I mean? So I don't like think like pretending a motherfucker is gay it's like a fun time. Like, I don't, to me, it's just, it's fucking weird. Um, so that, that's a lot of what's going on in wrestling today. And there's so much going on as far as like, look, I've never been in like a kayfabe guy, but they've gone so far in the other direction that it makes me go like, all right, guys, fucking try a little bit to pretend like, uh, like fucking David Starr posted some shit. Um, about a month or two ago now, um, probably a month, um, on Twitter. And it was like, he retweeted Sammy Callahan cutting a promo on him or something. And he, he posted, it said some shit like, look at this picture of Sammy. He's totes cute. He's, he's totes a cutie in this pic. Uh, but so is him saying he's going to beat me. Oh, Sammy. Like, dude, that makes me never want to watch wrestling again. That That's what you're doing for fucking professional wrestling. Can, can David Starr and fucking Sammy Callahan put on a fucking amazing match? Absolutely. Does things like that where you guys pretend like you're fucking each other on the internet make me want to never watch any fucking thing you ever do again? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm not into that. I'm not into that fucking foreplay before fighting thing. I'm not. I'm not fucking into it. That type of shit makes me never want to watch wrestling again. And, and you know, a, a lot of – I'm into the athleticism. That's what I'm – I'm into fucking ass-kicking, fucking head-drop wrestling. I'm into fucking acrobatic, fucking unbelievable fucking athletic feats. I'm into that type of shit. I, I'm not into – you know, that's the other thing that a lot of people – are married to that old school wrestling or I like old school wrestling and it doesn't tell a story. Well, if the story is you lock up in the middle of the ring, Irish whip into the ropes, drop down, hop over, leapfrog, hip toss. I've seen that fucking thing thousands upon thousands of times. And now those little fucking sequences that everybody fucking does that everybody's learned to do, and now I get to see these two guys do the same shit that the other 8,000 fucking 800,000 people have done. I'm not into it. I don't give a fuck if you could drop down and leapfrog the guy when he comes back over the other side. I want innovation. I want fucking new creative shit. If that little, if all these cute little fucking sequences, if that makes a great fucking story to you, then good. Keep reading the same fucking book. I'm not into it. I'm looking for fucking athleticism. I'm looking for people kicking the ever-loving shit out of each other. That's funny, you know, and, and I meant to – I thought about it afterwards after, I, you know, I talked to Sozio last week. And um, he's a great dude, you know. I, I, that, that's a dude I, I consider a friend, man. I talk to him on a regular basis. Um, I, I, I really, really like that dude, you know, no Beckham. Um, but – he he had said some shit like I like to see things that are you know based like a fight you know and and you know that's why he's not so big on like the high flying you know, flippy style and and yeah you know the acrobatic type style but when it comes right down to it 
most of that fucking most of that shit as far as the the standard fucking sequences of wrestling that doesn't fucking mimic a fight. Can you grab a guy's arm and throw him into fucking bouncy ropes and he's going to turn around and come back at you? What kind of cartoon shit is that? Just an Irish whip into the ropes is completely unrealistic. Completely unrealistic. He's going to fucking pivot, hit the bouncy ropes and come right back at you. Like that shit is not fucking logical. You'd have to pull someone's arm out of their fucking socket uh, to fucking throw them in a fucking direction. It's just, you know, I mean, let, let's get fucking real. Wrestling as a whole is not a realistic fight scenario. Um, you know, whatever your preference is, is, is what wrestling is. You know what I mean? Like, some people love fucking comedy wrestling. You know, story, story-based comedy wrestling. Those people love fucking Chikara. I, I just, I have no interest in it at all. Um, some people are really into, you know, the fucking high-flying stuff and, you know, the, the big spots. PWG is the fucking capital of the fucking world for that. You know what I mean? Like, there's shit for everybody. In the same token, um, there's a lot of that shit that I'm just not into. And even some of the styles that I'm really into are now falling into categories where I go, oh, now you just fucking killed it. You just fucking removed the likability of this match by doing that dumb shit. And, you know, uh, like I was saying, too, with the deathmatch wrestling, some shit just doesn't – I'm all about innovation. Um, the shock value of John, John Zandig and Lobo when fucking Lobo – I know I've said this spot a million times, but that's the shock value. They had shit set up in the ring – I had no fucking idea. There were tables on the outside. For all I knew, those tables were just there for when they needed them, and then they did drag them back into the fucking cage after they used the shit in the ring. Because that's most of the stuff you see. Set up spot, do the spot. Set up spot, do the spot. This was complete shock value because the motherfuckers went from staring in the fucking ring, turned around 180, and dove off the side of the fucking cage to the fucking tables that barely caught them, and boom, to the concrete floor in the arena. Holy fucking shock value shit. Now, again, it's the standard fucking Irish whip towards the fucking pane of glass, um, uh, bar wire board, blah, 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 stack of light tubes, whatever it is, guy stops short, or he, he takes the, the back flip bump into it, or he stops short, turns around, waits for the guy, back body drop into the thing. I mean, there's a lot of just the same fucking spots. So then it's like, it's just like a, like a dance you've seen a bunch, a bunch of times. It's like, here he goes, there he goes, there he goes. Well done. You know, like, we should just start with the fucking scorecards. And it's like, oh, he did that. We should start naming these sequences. And be like, oh, that was a good, uh, you know, whatever the fuck. You know, because uh, you've seen so many fucking people do the same exact spots. And you just like interchanging it for different weapons in that spot. Activity of the actual spots, um, the unpredictability of what they're gonna do. There's not as much there anymore, and and it's just I don't know. It's become harder and harder to follow. Um, as far as the live experience, I've, I've said time and time again, um, it, it's not for me. It, it's not for me anymore. I'm not a cheerleader. I'm not going anywhere 
where a bunch of motherfuckers need me to fucking clap my hands together before you even do shit just so they can get excited enough themselves for for them to do some shit that's going to really make me clap because now I'm entertained and I'm clapping. Like, it just, it's like a fucking retarded pep rally. Everybody stands around like, clap your hands for the guy that, you, you know, here he is again, now clap his hands and chant his name, and then, then maybe you'll do something cool, and then we'll clap again. Like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Dude, I'm a grown-ass man. What the fuck do you think I am? <laughs> I'm not I'm not here to, you know, like like Steve Harvey says, I paid I paid twenty eight fifty to come in here. I ain't I don't wanna help out. You you put your fucking hands together. <laughs> you You do that shit, man. I come here to enjoy myself. You fucking I ain't I don't wanna help out. Um, so I don't know. Like that type of shit isn't for me. Uh the type of crowds that, that wrestling um draws, they're not for me, man. I, I'm not these type of motherfuckers, man. When it comes down to it, I'm a fucking athlete. I'm, you know, I'm approaching 40 years old and I'm a motherfucking animal, man. The way I train myself, the way I push myself and the things that I, I'm doing with myself, I'm very, very happy with myself. And there's so, so many people that you go and you look and they're just, they just fucking defeated, miserable, fucking shitty people. They just eat trash food. And just like, like, you know, eat the popcorn with their fucking whole forearm and wrist and shit. And like this one dude who went to a show, man, and this fucking dude was stuffed into a Pepper Park shirt. And the shit said sex, weights, protein shakes on it. Now, I imagine he could he could drink protein shakes just for no fucking reason and sit on the couch. Um, I, I know he, as far as weight, he definitely had a lot of weight. Um, I don't think sex happens. Um, this motherfucker had a shirt that was like a size, maybe two sizes too small. Fat as fuck, man. And he had some kind of jeans on, but the belt situation wasn't happening. So now we're sitting behind this dude. This dude is sitting like half off the chair. So the middle of his back, because now his shirt is riding up like, like a like a teenage girl or something, right? Like, he's got, like, a fucking belly shirt going on. And, like, look, man, like, I got fucking abs and shit, but, like, if I feel a little air on my back because my shirt is up or something, like, I'm self-conscious about that shit. Like, I pull it down. Like, that shit's, that shit's not a good look. You know what I mean? Like, even if your body does look good, like, it's not a good look to just have your shirt fucking lifting up in the back and looking stupid. You know what I mean? So I, I'm self-conscious about that, but this motherfucker, not at all. So he's got half of his ass on the chair and half of it like he's just like posted up with his other foot on the ground so he's kind of like holding half his body that way now the the metal bar of the chair that's structurally holding the back of it together by the grace of god this fucking chair is held together is is now parting the fat on his back so it looks like he's got like a fucking two foot ass crack because half his ass is hanging out plus his back fat is now parted by that bar on the chair. So he's got the fucking shirt that says sex weights, protein shakes on it. And I'm looking at like two foot of fucking man-made ass crack on this motherfucker, man. And he's just shoveling his fucking popcorn into his face like he's racing somebody. Dude, this is not my scene, man. This is, this is a whole different type of motherfucker than me. And I don't give a fuck if y'all like it or not. Y'all dirty motherfuckers. I don't want to be anything like you. 
you can get offended, you can join Team Hamhead and get pissed off because I said I hate wrestling fans and this and that. I don't give a fuck, man. You ain't like me. You couldn't be like me a day in your motherfucking life. Suck my dick, you fat, nasty motherfuckers. This is what I'm saying. And half of it is just fucking self-fucking pride. It's some kind of fucking assemblance of fucking morals and, and fucking presentation to the fucking public. If you don't give a fuck, why should I give a fuck about your feelings? That's how I feel, because I'm fucking walking around self-conscious about shit that I ain't got no fucking reason to be self-conscious of, other than just I have fucking manners and some kind of fucking standard on life. You motherfuckers are disgusting, and you don't give a fuck. So I don't give a fuck about, you know, what I gotta say about y'all. So, that that's that's a good reason why I don't want to be around you motherfuckers, you know, and not everybody's like that, but there's a lot of them, man. There's a, this is not an isolated incident, man. There's a lot of these motherfuckers. There is a great portion of those. And to be honest with you, these are the motherfuckers buying the merch. These are the motherfuckers buying all the shit up for you guys who run companies and for you wrestlers who are selling merch. That's your fucking target audience. You can't sit with me and talk shit. At least not in the open or anything. But um, I don't blame you for backing these motherfuckers. I don't blame you for calling herds of these motherfuckers in. Uh, you know, get the motherfucking cattle drive. Bring these motherfuckers in on trucks. Do what you got to fucking do because those are the fucking guys that are going to bring money into your fucking pocket. They're going to put some money in your pocket. <laughs> um, but, um, hey, man, that's not for me. That's just not fucking me, man. I'm a, I'm a grown ass man that don't need to be around these type of just just dirty ass motherfuckers, man. So as far as what what uh, what is it gonna take to to make me detach from wrestling? I'm not that fucking far off, man. I um I I enjoy like I said I enjoy hard hitting fucking athleticism at its finest. Define that any way you want. You put on, you know, crazy fucking athletic wrestling matches. I'm fucking into it. You know what I mean? That that's what I'm really fucking into. So, um, I'm, you know, I'm still watching it. But look, man, I got like, I, I have movies that are sitting on my fucking, uh, on my on my TV stand for months and months. Movies that I want to see that I don't get around to watching. I work six days a week. Um, by the time I get home from fucking work, after I go to the gym, it's like fucking eight o'clock. By the time I eat dinner, I mean, it's like eight thirty. If I commit to watch like a whole wrestling show, my night's over. I can't even fit a whole wrestling show in that night. You know, um, you know, a movie, my night's pretty much over. That's a couple more hours. I gotta fucking focus on going to bed after that. And that's it. My day's over. So, I try to usually find, like, things that I can do, like, little bits of, like, oh, fuck around on the internet for a little bit, or I'll go, I'll play a little bit of a video game, and even that, like, it goes months without me playing the fucking game, which, by the way, like, this fucking update shit, I I hadn't played my PlayStation for probably a month or two, and I went to just flip it on on Christmas and play some fucking Star Wars Battlefront, because I think they had another update, and uh, I think it was, like, last week, I was just like, let me let me uh, download that update just so when I want to play, I'll be good. So I download the update, turn the system on, right? Turn it on on fucking Christmas. This shit's like, yeah, you don't have none of those levels. Oh, what the fuck, man? I got the season pass on, on Star Wars Battlefront. So 
I'm like, what the fuck? I should have all the fucking levels. Nah, you ain't got the motherfucking levels. You can go buy that shit. So then I go to the store, and it's like, oh, no, nah, you got the season pass. You go back into the game. You ain't got those fucking levels. Oh, what the fuck, man? I try to download them and, and try to, like, it wouldn't fucking work. So then I'm talking to people, and they're like, yeah, sometimes that shit's happening. That last update's fucked up. You're going to have to, like, delete that game and re-download the whole fucking game and shit. So I fucking, I do that. And then it tells me, like, yeah, you got, like, six hours until that shit's done. I'm like, you fucking kidding me? Six fucking hours? What the fuck are you even talking about? And then, like, ten minutes later, I looked at it to see if, like, the time went down. It's like, yeah, seven hours. (laughs) What the fuck? It went all the way up to eight hours. And then I think it came back down to, like, four. So it might have took, like, four because I I took – I watched a bunch of football, and then I took um, my rec back. I was like, fuck that, let's get physical. I went out back. Um, I used my my big, thick jump rope. It's like a two-inch jump rope. And um, did a couple sets of that, like three sets of 25 or some shit like that. Um, I was doing some um, rec bag presses and and curling it and, you know, slamming it and doing some fucking, you know, squats with it and shit like this. You know, I was doing a bunch of, like, different, like, crazy sets, like, you know, 10 of these into 10 of those, like, triceps. And then, um, and then I'm like, all right, fuck, so uh, then I was like, all right, let, let's take this motherfucker for a walk. And uh, the, the furthest I ever walked without putting the, the rec bag down, it's a 60-pound bag, um, is, like, three, three miles and change. So I decided at some point that I'm going to break that. So it was like four, like four, four and a quarter miles about that. And, uh, that, that's what I walked with it. Um, so without putting it down or anything like that. So, um, yeah, I was happy with that. Definitely. Uh, yeah, my legs sore as fuck. Um, I haven't had a vehicle to get to the gym this week. Um, so fucking vehicles fucked up again. So definitely puts me in a fucked up mood and, uh, you know, puts me behind on fucking training, but, uh, yeah, I've been able to do little bits and pieces of things here and there. Um, that, that was a solid walk. I got in there with the rec bag. Um, I'm just, you know, going to keep pushing forward. And when I get back in the fucking gym, it's going to be fucking murder, man. Um, cause I've been doing crazy shit since I, you know, been in there. And then I hit this fucking snags with the, uh, the the transportation and uh you know it's rough enough just getting to working back you know to turn into a, a drop me off and then pick me up and you know that's just not gonna work at the gym so um hey i'm I'm gonna get back in there it's it's on like a motherfucker but uh i'm still doing a bunch you know um so yeah that's that's uh that that's uh my wrestling rap. I kinda, you know, segued into the other shit. But uh that that's my as far as detaching from wrestling, man, like I'm not entertained by a ton of this shit right now. I don't think any of this shit is fucking amusing that they're doing with all this uh you know, fucking rubbing each other's backs and telling them how fucking how good of friends they are before they fight and everybody's handshaking and hugging afterwards. Like I remember even like, you know, old school fucking CZW and that time when Ring of Honor started up and motherfuckers were shaking hands, 
there was a good amount of people fucking clowning that shit, going, oh, look at these motherfuckers, I mean, shaking each other's hands like a bunch of fags. Before every and after, before and after every match, these motherfuckers are all shaking hands. Look at this little gay shit, shaking hands and bullshit. Now it doesn't matter where you are. You could be a deathmatch tournament. You could be in a fucking CZW ring. You could be IWA. You could be in fucking Gorilla. You could be fucking any fucking where. This is how this shit is now. Not only that, they're cutting fucking I love you promos on fucking Facebook or, or on Twitter or on the fucking mic. Before they get into the fucking ring, and oh, I love you, man. It's like, get the fuck out of here, man. This is bullshit. This is not what I'm into. So, um, there, there's a lot of things that just completely turn me off about wrestling. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, I think there could be so much gain for business to just, and you know, you don't have to insult people's intelligence, but at least put on a fucking angry face and pretend like you hate the motherfucker in the ring with you. Pretend like. Even though y'all motherfuckers are friends, like, right now, like, y'all got problems. You know what I mean? Like, maybe maybe you think that, um, you know, he did some fucked up shit to you or something. I mean, make make something up that makes me believe that y'all on bad terms right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, just, just for today. You know? Or, or not even for the day. Like, leading up to it. Y'all, y'all ain't on good fucking terms. And I know sometimes that's hard because, you know, in, in one company you're tagging and one company you're fighting and stuff like that. And it is hard because it, not every company is going to book, you know, um, cooperatively with other companies and stuff like that. But it's still like those ridiculous fucking statements y'all guys are making on fucking social media. And, you know, it's one thing, you know, further down the road after all sorts of feuding and fighting and this and that, you know, you turn around and. Uh, you know, you go on a shoot interview and go, man, you know, that guy's my best friend. There's nothing wrong with that. But you guys are going out of your fucking way to tell everybody every minute to anyone who will listen how much you love this other fucking guy. Cut that shit out, man. That shit is not cool. That shit is not cool for the business you're in. It's just not. It looks, it looks real fucking, it looks real bad. I don't know. So do do what you want to do. I don't give a fuck. Um, there, there's enough of these fucking gargoyles in the crowd that don't give a fuck what you do, how you look, you know, and, and the motherfuckers looking just fat and out of shape and all this kind of crazy shit. Like I saw a picture I shared on Facebook before. Chris Hero is looking fucking ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And the picture I got was from a post that people were, were posting, um, like, best match of the year. And he was two out of the three top matches. Putting on these great matches and stuff like that makes people – they don't even give a fuck what he looks like. And they'll post that picture with, with him looking like Jabba the Hutt swinging at, at fucking um, – who the fuck was it? It was um, – oh, fuck. Uh, the dude that be with uh, – Zack Sabre Jr., um, Marty Skrull. He, he's he's hitting Marty Skrull with a forearm, and it just looks like Jabba the Hutt snapped out. Like, when when Leia fucking escaped, you know, like he just snapped out and hit Marty Skrull with a forearm. You know what I mean? And that's what it looks like. And it's like, you guys can't even put a better picture up because it doesn't even matter to you. Somehow that picture looks good because... You were so entertained by the match that it doesn't even matter that Jabba the Hutt is swinging a forearm at a motherfucker. Uh, it's crazy. 
It's fucking crazy. And and I just don't understand where the standard went, you know. Uh, not everybody needs to be fucking jacked and ripped and all of this. And there's a difference between a big guy and a guy who ha- who has the capability to be in shape that just chooses to be sloppy as fuck. And, and that's that's the difference I'm talking about. And it's more times than not people who could be in better shape but are just lazy as fuck present themselves that way. And there's enough of these fucking filthy animals in the fucking crowd that are just like, yeah, that's good enough. Awesome. Let's clap. And I'm not down with it. It just, it looks like shit. Um, uh, speaking of Princess Leia and all these other things, um, let's, let's go into my, my last, uh, jag here. Now there has been a consistent thing all year about this, um, you know, fuck you, 2016. Fuck you. You're taking all the start. Now, look, I mean, this has been an insane year as far as celebrities, big, famous celebrities dying. Um, you know, legends, Bowie and fucking Ali. And I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Um, but people die every motherfucking year. There is such a cop-out in society with people trying to place a time frame and a reasoning beyond things that are happening. It's such a negative vibe. It's the same negative vibe that drives people to every day walk into their job and go, oh, is it over yet? Or to walk up, you know, with the the constant joke where you walk up to another person and go, are we having fun yet? Like, it's just this downer fucking everybody's defeated. Everybody's fucking had it. Everybody can't take another minute of anything. Man, our fucking time on this planet is so fucking limited to me. It's terrifying. Now, celebrities that you know, celebrities that made a fucking mark, celebrities that made an impact in your fucking life are dying. Well, guess what? That's fucking life. And it's sad because they made a fucking mark in your life. But you know what's sadder? The fact that you ain't making a fucking mark with your life. The majority of people are dwelling over shit like this. And, oh, I can't wait till the fucking year is over, man. Like, people are still going to fucking die next year. And then three months into the year. I've seen people three months into a fucking year posting that same type of shit. Oh, 2017. Get over it, man. You got to fucking move on because our time is fucking limited. If you can't gain anything else. From these celebrities dying. Keep in fucking mind that no matter how famous you are. No matter what you accomplished in life. Your fucking time is limited. Tomorrow could be your last fucking day. To me it's terrifying man. I got three fucking kids. And I want to see them grow up. I want I want to be older and see everything that's going on. I don't ever want to leave this fucking planet. I got a whole list of motherfuckers that I want to outlive on this bitch. Because they ain't shit to me. And I want to know that that motherfucker's gone. So I mean. There's, there's positive and negative reasons why I want to live for fucking ever. But the fact of the matter is, is I'm not. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen for me. It's not going to happen for anybody else, no matter how famous you are, no matter how unfamous you are. But people will take for granted the way fucking life works on a regular fucking basis. And to me, it's fucking sickening. And it's easy to get caught in a negative trap because there's so much negativity out there that you could just post, uh, life sucks. Or fuck everybody. And motherfuckers are going to like the shit out of your post. Because there's so fucking many negative people out there that, that that shit is encouraged. 
That shit is straight encouraged across the board, and it's harder to be fucking positive than it is to be negative. It's the easy way out to be fucking negative about every fucking thing, to walk around with a shitty look on your face, to try to, you know, portray this fucking dark bullshit. It's fucking, it's completely encouraged, and it's bullshit. And that's why this fucking New Year's, New Year's Eve is, like, it's, the fucking calendar is changing. There's nothing different about to go on. Your fucking, your resolutions. Next year, I'm going to get in shape. You ain't doing a motherfucking thing. I'll tell you why. Because you was a piece of shit last month. You're going to be a piece of shit next month. When it comes down to it, if you're a fat fucking pride in fucking posting fucking Taco Bell and fucking McRib pictures and fucking the the sloppiest shit you can find on the internet, Oreos dipped in fucking butter and deep fried and fucking put on top of fucking donuts with fucking syrup on top of that shit on fucking drizzled over ice cream if that's the type of shit you're about and that's the type of shit that makes you happy then don't fake the funk do what the fuck you do do what you do and just fucking suffer the consequences of dying fucking earlier and embrace that shit be what the fuck you're gonna be and and at least have the decency to cover that shit up and don't wear half your asshole out at fucking wrestling shows or wherever the fuck you're at with a sex weights protein shake shirt on or whatever you happen to be wearing. But the fact of the matter is be what you be. Don't fucking lie to the world and to yourself and know next year's the year I'm going to be in shape. No, the fuck it's not. Next year, fucking motherfuckers are, uh, you know, two, three weeks out from New Year's. Oh, after New Year's, how about fucking tomorrow? How about after I fucking sleep tonight, I'm going to get up and fucking bust my ass. How about fucking tomorrow, I'm going to fucking be better than I was today. You're fucking, you're banking on shit that's not guaranteed. Oh, after New Year's, I'm going to be, how the fuck do you know you're making it through that? You know, I, I had a good fucking friend die at fucking 18 years old on fucking New Year's Eve. Thinking about his aunt. They were in a fucking car going to fucking hauling ass. He fucking zoned out. Was fucked up in his head about his aunt that died. That year, he was thinking, fuck that year too. Dude is in the passenger seat. He cut the fucking wheel when he was trying to fucking make the turn, going fucking ridiculous speeds. Flipped the fucking car. Body came out the window, crushed his shit completely. Dead. Gone. Not coming back. So don't tell me about what the fuck's about to happen and the fucking new year. Because you motherfuckers decided that's that's your time. That's your time. Your fucking time is now. That's it. And if it's not, shut the fuck up. Because it's somebody else's time. Everybody else got the same motherfucking air to breathe on this motherfucker. Everybody else has their same fucking opportunity to make an impact on this bitch. No one's being held down. No one's being stopped from doing anything. If you want to dwell on negativity in this world, that's the same thing I've said about, you know, uh, you know, racial and, uh, you know, um, injustices and stuff like that. There's fucked up shit going on, but you could dwell on every bad thing that happens to everybody and take that shit as a personal insult, or you can keep it fucking moving in your own life and do every fucking thing you can to make your life fucking awesome and, and to keep your fucking life in check. That's the only fucking thing you could do because your life is fucking limited on this planet. You could stare at fucking conspiracy theories and government shit 
and get really pissed off about every move the government does and tick away your fucking life. Before you know it, you'll be pissed off and old at the fucking government, and then you'll be dead. And no one will give a fuck about how mad you were for your entire life. That's wasted time on you. I walk into my fucking job every fucking day, close that fucking door, and I look around at these cats that are happy to see me. I get a fucking smile ear to ear. I'm fucking, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I got the best job in the world. I don't get paid like I got the best job in the world, but I feel fucking great about it. When I look at my kids, I, I couldn't be happier. It's the greatest feeling in the world. To see them grow and develop and be happy and all of that, it's the greatest feeling in the world. When I fucking train myself and I look at my fucking body and the results that I fucking put into myself, it, it's fucking awesome. I've created fucking happiness. I've created fucking things that I can be fucking positive about. Now, none of this is surrounded by tremendous success or money. Now, I'm a fucking vehicle at the moment. I don't know what the fuck's about to go on. But these are the different things that you can do with yourself. Or you can sit there and go, fuck 2016. Bro, from fucking Star Wars died. Oh, fuck, uh... You know, this this motherfucker died. Yo, fuck 2016. Oh, shit. Somebody go get Betty White because she's in her motherfucking 90s, man. Spoiler alert. She's going to fucking die soon. It might not be this year. It might be next year. Some shit like that. You know, Betty White, Stan Lee, all these motherfuckers, they're in their 90s. What age are you looking for that you'll be like, well, that was, that was about right. I mean, these motherfuckers did monumental shit. Top-notch fucking lives, man. They lived their shit to the fucking fullest. They didn't spend fucking 10, 20, fucking 30 years every year going, Fuck 2014. Fuck 2015. Here we go again with this fuck 2000. Yeah. They, they didn't spend their fucking life doing that. Maybe they did. I don't know. But, you know, it, it's time fucking wasted. None of this shit is guaranteed. And I'm just sick of hearing motherfuckers bitch and act like fags over every fucking thing that happens, and then everything is just defeating to them. Everything in fucking life is just, oh, God. Everybody's just fucking walking around like fucking Eeyore. You know what I mean? Get the fuck out of here. Step your motherfucking game up, and don't don't play the fucking role if you ain't about it, man. Don't tell me how you're fucking getting in shape next year, next year, next year. We got We got a half a fucking week before that. Get at it. Get the fuck at it, man. You know, I mean, maybe you want to put some kind of time marker on, hey, by this time next year, I'm going to do this. But you better be in fucking in the process of doing some shit. I I can't stand to hear one week from now after I do way more damage to my body and further solidify all the horrible habits I have. I'm going to kick into fucking fantastic gear. No, you're not. You're fucking not. You're not about that shit. You're miserable, you're fucking, (laughs) there's so many people out there that everybody wants the fucking perfect shape, everybody wants the perfect life, everybody wants happiness, but no one wants to put the fucking work in. No one wants to put the effort out to have a fucking positive mindset. And that's the funny thing, is because motherfuckers, you know, like the hamhead and all that, they'll say, oh, J-Cat's a miserable person. All he has is negative things to say. He's a miserable person. He's such a miserable, negative person. I'm fucking crazy happy. I'm happier than the majority of motherfuckers, like I, for the reasons I just explained. Just because I, I'm, I'm a harsh critic, just because I speak bluntly, just because I expect 
I have high expectations for my entertainment doesn't mean I'm a fucking negative person. And when it comes down to it, too, don't get me wrong. If anybody is actually working for a fucking a change in their life and, and you think by any stretch of the imagination something I've done or I know could help you, fucking ask me. I'm always, always willing. You could ask people. I'm always willing to help. Always. Because, I, you know, I'm all for people making better changes and shit like that. I, I just – I can't stand people that are either – just going to live a filthy ass life and, 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 you know, pretend like they're just about to turn the corner or, you know, it's just, it's just fucking irritating. There are people that are actually working hard out there. And to me, it's fucking disrespectful to those people to even pretend like you're in the same fucking league. You know, you'll, you'll get people, uh, um, you know, I'm going to drip. Oh, me too. Yeah. I'm, you know, I have been meaning to get back and shut up, man. Go fucking, you know what I mean? Go binge watch some shit fuck out of here so i don't know that's that's about it uh next show i do will be the new year and i'm probably gonna go in again with the fucking uh maybe we'll go back to the well and see if i can get a whole bunch of topics out of people because this this was a good fucking time i came in here with just about nothing uh people gave me some topics i hope they they listen to the show to hear their topics talked about and uh you know i hope it it was uh I hope it was entertaining. Uh, I definitely enjoyed, you know, going over a bunch of different things that I had no uh, intentions on talking about. So, um, good time. So, um, yeah, let me see. Uh, of course, I'm not even next to my computer, so it's my fucking uh, outro. Check out um, the Hot Tag Podcast. Man, last week, or two weeks ago, I should say, they had an interview with Ricky O. Uh, former owner of uh, JCW, GCW, all of that stuff. And although, you know, it's always very, very painful for me to listen to anybody say nice things about Danny D'Amato, um, it was very uh, comforting to hear um, somebody say shitty things about Nick Burke because, you know, I, I fucking can't stand him either. Uh, just a lot of times I'll have opinions on people and then someone who I don't even know will suddenly say the same words that I had already formed the opinion of. You know, he came right out and said that um, Nick Berg is pretty much Rob Feinstein's bitch boy. And, you know, he runs around getting offended about things and fucking riled up because, you know, he's mad that he, he never fucking made anything out of himself. And he's clinging on to any bit of fucking notoriety by getting into other people's shit and getting big and offended about stuff. So, um, that, you know, that was, uh, paraphrasing, but, um, that was, that was a big part of issues that I had with that fucking dude. And, uh, but overall, uh, the Ricky O interview was very, very good. Uh, yeah, he goes back a long time and, uh, you know, he's, he's done a bit, bunch of different things with that company. And, um, I think you got to listen to that. I think it's a really good show, and uh, I think everybody will enjoy it. Uh, so definitely check them out. Check out, um, you know, and what they're up to this week and everything else. Uh, they're doing, like, a year-end thing. They're way more prepared than me, so they're going to come up with, like, way better lists as far as, like, you know, this, this year to that year, and this month was this, and that. They just have a way better organization as far as things. Um, see that go. Um Uh, Check out uh, Sports Den. 
They do their fucking thing, talking all sorts of sports. We're right around the corner from the playoffs, and uh, NBA's in full swing and all sorts of different shit going on. I don't even – I think, yeah, hockey's going on right now because Chris Dickinson's always posting uh, pictures of uh, Kobashi when his team wins. So, um, yeah, uh, check out Sports Den. They're doing their thing over there. Um, oh, I was meant to say this last week, but uh, the Smooth Viking Company, uh, they're, they're like uh, beard care products. They uh, I ordered, uh, like, the beard balm and the beard oil from them uh, about a month or two ago, and I like this stuff. And then I got an email from them, like, you know, a month later or so, and it was like, hey, just uh, shoot us your email. We'll send you a free fucking uh, beard bomb as like a as a thank you for being a customer. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, and like, we'll pay for shipping and everything. And I'm like, oh, that couldn't fucking hurt. So I replied to the message with my email. They're like, yeah, we got you. And they fucking sent me another one. And, you know, it's not like, you know, big money or anything. But in the same token, you know, it's like. 13 bucks or 14 bucks or something for the, the little container and uh lasted quite a while so it, i thought that was really generous and and it'd be worth giving them a plug on the show because you know they obviously give a fuck you know to hook up the people that are buying shit from them if you go on amazon like they uh their prices are pretty good for this stuff and um yeah they got a bunch of different little products over there and uh i think it's good shit and uh, like I said, a company like that that's going to, you know, just hook you up randomly like that for, you know, buying a couple of things. It's not like I've been buying shit from them for years. Well, two fucking things off of them. I said maybe 12 bucks, 13 bucks a piece or something. Uh, yeah, so I highly recommend them. You know, good product and fucking good company. They'll look you out every once in a while, too. So, uh, you yeah, know, check them out as well. Uh, I think that's about all I got. Um I'll uh, check you out next week, motherfuckers. Peace. I love all of y'all and, uh, shit. You're all a bunch of fucking assholes. You've been in the gym, bro. You know why? DJ Hyde, fuck you. You don't have the guts to be what you want to be. You need people like me. I'll listen to your, to your podcast and I'll find everything out. You know what I mean? You need people like me so you can point your fucking fingers and say, that's the bad guy. So, what I make you? Good. Like Jesus tell me, tells me all the time to listen to what you got to say because you be blazing people. And I'm like, well, I got to hear it now. <laughs> you just know how to hide it. <laughs> Me, I don't have that problem. Me, I always tell a truth. Even when I lie. The Judas Radio. Jesus! A sacred night to the bad guy. I'm gonna tell you something, the motherfucking press. I ain't coming for no fools. 